The System of Doctrines Contained in Divine Revelation by Samuel Hopkins Chapter 6 Concerning Divine Providence in General Divine Providence consists in preserving, directing, and governing all creatures and things which are made, or in taking the most wise and effectual care of them, so as to make them answer the end for which they are created. God preserves or upholds all things by his powerful word, by the constant exertion of the same power by which they were at first created or caused to exist. Every created thing is constantly and entirely dependent on the creator for continuance in existence. Should that power which first caused it to exist, be withdrawn, or cease to be exerted for one moment, it would have no existence. It would cease to exist and sink into its original nothing. It is impossible that a creature should be made so as to exist one moment in any respect or degree independent of the Creator. It must be as really and as much dependent on him for continuance in existence as for its first existence. Therefore, preservation is a constant exertion of the same power which first produced the existence of the creature in causing or giving continual existence and is really continued creation. Every part of creation and each creature and thing in it, from the greatest down to the least, is not only constantly upheld by the exertion of the same power which first gave existence, but is in all respects continually under the direction and governing power and care of the Creator in every change as to the place or manner of existence and every motion by which God orders, disposes, and uses everything in his creation to accomplish his own infinitely wise and important designs. As God created all things for himself in order to accomplish his own designs, being formed according to his pleasure, well, so he uses everything. So, as in the wisest and best manner to answer the end for which it was designed. If any least thing were not so directed and used as to answer the end designed, it would be created in vain, which is inconsistent with the wisdom and goodness of the Creator. God governs the world and all things in it, by stated and fixed laws, or rules, which are called the laws, or the course of nature, by which all motions and events take place in a certain order, and constant series and connection of cause and effect. But this law, or course of nature, is nothing but divine power and wisdom constantly exerted to cause things to take place in such a stated way and manner.
or the divine will establishing such an order in events and does not suppose any power in creatures or any created thing to cause such motions and events aside from the immediate exertion of divine power which is the proper efficient cause of every event so that all power is in God and all creatures which act or move exist and move or are moved in and by him this fixed law and course of nature which as has been observed is nothing but the divine will wisely determined to operate in a certain steady fixed manner by way of cause and effect the same cause generally producing the same effect is necessary in order to man's gaining any proper knowledge of the things around him and obtaining any prudence and wisdom with regard to the objects with which he is concerned and by which he is to regulate his conduct, form his plans and prospects, and to excite his hopes, his fears, and exertions. Were there no settled order and fixed connection in things and events, there would be no foundation for all this. But man would be involved in total darkness and uncertainty, without any knowledge and wisdom to conduct any of his affairs, or any motive to action in matters relating to his body. And in this established order and connection in the visible creation, not only the power, but the wisdom and steady counsel, the goodness, truth, and faithfulness of him who worketh all things by the counsel of his own will, are constantly manifested to man which is asserted in the sacred writings. When this stated course of events, or these laws of nature, are interrupted and visibly counteracted, and events take place in a contrary manner, well, these events are called miracles, though there is no more power necessary or really exerted and manifested in these, than there is in producing events according to the ordinary course of things. No more power is necessary or manifested in causing the sun to stand still or move from west to east than there is in causing it to keep a steady, uninterrupted course from east to west. The former would be a miracle, and the latter is not. The governor of the world may, and does, for wise reasons, and to answer important ends, thus visibly counteract the general course of things and events, and that on such occasions and in those instances and ways, as not to frustrate the general and important ends, to be answered by the steady course of things, which he has established.
and in how many instances among the inconceivable number and variety of events which take place, well, they're brought about and caused to exist just at such a time and in such a manner, not according to any stated law or course of things. Well, no man can tell. As the agent, by whose constant energy all things are conducted, is invisible to us, and may act immediately, or by the instrumentality of invisible agents. And yet this may be done so as not to visibly or so as not visibly to counteract the stated laws or course of nature, or be the least obstruction to the exercise of human wisdom and prudence in everything in which men are concerned. No one can doubt of this who will carefully attend to the matter and observe the representation of it in the Holy Scriptures. All such instances, be they ever so many, may be called miracles, though invisible to man, being out of the reach of our perception, as they are of the same nature and kind with those instances above mentioned, in which what is called the course of nature is visibly or to our senses, well, counteracted, and events take place contrary to it, which we call miracles. This care and providence of God in directing and governing all creatures and things is universal and constant, respecting all things at all times, and is extended to the least as well as the greatest, and more important existence, and is concerned in every event, however minute, and in our view, inconsiderable. Not even a sparrow, or the least bird or insect, falls to the ground or dies without the direction and agency of God. The very hairs of our head are all carefully numbered, and so many, and not one more, are ordered to exist, and not one is removed or broken without the order and operation of the divine hand. And this is equally true of every hair on men and beasts, and of each leaf in the forest or spire of grass on the earth that ever have existed, or will exist, to the end of the world. In the exercise of this divine providence, some events take place by the more immediate energy and agency of God, and others by the instrumentality and agency of creatures, and by various mediums, and what are called second causes. But in all the events of the latter kind, the divine hand, power, and energy is as really and as much concerned and exerted, and is really as evident, and as much to be acknowledged as if no instrument, agent, or second cause were used, or had any concern in the matter. Because the creature, or the instrument, has no power to act or affect anything independent of God, 
or which is not given to him by God and is in the hand of God as the axe or the saw is in the hand of the workman. This is the light in which divine revelation everywhere represents the providence of God as everyone who carefully attends to it must be sensible. And what has been observed shows that this is perfectly consonant to reason, and that a different and contrary idea of divine providence is insupportable and inconsistent. Now to the improvement, Roman numeral number one. From this scriptural view of divine providence, well, it appears that they are in a great and dangerous error, who believe and assert that the creation and all creatures, when once made, have power to subsist of themselves and stand alone by their own power given to them in their creation, and to continue in motion and action independent of any immediate exertion of divine energy to support and direct them. That creation and creatures, once made and put in order, go on in a regular course of their own accord and by the strength of their own arm. And that God does never interpose or take any further care of the works of his hand. Everyone who has attended to the Bible must be sensible that such a notion is absurd and very inconsistent with that. And it is most unreasonable, as it supposes, that which is impossible, in other words, that the creature may subsist of itself when once made, in a measure independent of the Creator. And this is contrary to all true philosophy and at the same time dishonorable to God, as if he did not take a particular and wise care of the things that he has made, and exercise and manifest his power, wisdom, and goodness in preserving and governing the world and all the things in it. And it also tends to suppress and even eradicate all true piety by leading to conceive of the Creator as at a distance and in a great measure out of sight and as it obliterates a sense of our immediate dependence upon God and encourages self-dependence. In a word, it makes too much of creatures and raises them infinitely too high by which the creator and governor of the world is concealed and hid. Whereas in a right view of divine providence, every creature and all events exhibit deity to view as constantly present in everything, in the exercise of omniscience, power, wisdom, rectitude, and goodness and unite to impress that sense of the divine being upon the mind, and lead to that acknowledgement of him 
in which all true piety most essentially consists. Roman numeral number two. We are, therefore, in the next place, led to observe that the true philosophical and scriptural account of divine providence opens the most ample field for the exercise of piety and religion, as it leads us to see God in all things, and in every event, to fear him, to trust in him, and acknowledge him in all our ways, feeling our immediate, constant, and absolute dependence upon him. This leads us to hear him speaking important truths in an intelligible language by all creatures and things with which we are surrounded and in all events which calls for an answerable or which calls for answerable exercises of prayer, acknowledgments, thanksgiving and praise, and a constant glorifying him in whose hand is our breath and all our ways. Of such exercises and, uh, and expressions of piety, we have many examples in the Holy Scriptures, which at the same time appear perfectly rational. Roman numeral number three. And hence we learn the reasonableness and duty of a cheerful submission to God and acquiescence in the events which take place under his direction and providence. Not to submit is to oppose God and his will, and to resist infinite wisdom and goodness. Every event that takes place is under the immediate direction of unerring wisdom and goodness, and ordered for the greatest good to promote the most important and the best ends, and is therefore so far from being the reasonable ground of any reluctance and regret in us, that we ought not only barely to submit, but to rather acquiesce with pleasure and rejoice that God reigns, and hath done and continues to do whatsoever he pleaseth, and worketh all things according to the counsel of his own will. Roman numeral number four. How safe and happy are they who put their trust in God. He who directs and governs all things and orders every event who is infinitely above all control, on whom all things entirely depend, who does whatsoever he pleases in heaven and among the children of men upon the earth. He is engaged by repeated promises to them that no evil shall come near them to hurt them but that everything shall work together for their good. If God be thus for them, who or what can be against them? The Lord reigneth. Let them who trust in him 
always rejoice. And they may say, quote, God is our refuge and strength, a very, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, through the waters thereof, or though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Close quote. That such a divine providence, as is here described and asserted, which is rational, and everywhere supposed, and held up to view in the Bible, is perfectly consistent with the moral agency and liberty of man, appears from a foregoing chapter on the decrees of God. And that's the end of chapter 6. Stay tuned for chapter 7 on the providence of God as it respects moral agents, angels, and men.